Don't be an idiom. How it, uh, it's how, the top of the show. We yeah we uh. Jesus, stop kicking the mic stand. Kick my mic. Um, we're gonna write a top of the show song. It's yeah. like it goes something, something like, like this. this, like the top, top of the show, the top of the show. Everybody's talking about the top of the show. Top yeah. of the show. It turns out like that. <laughs> the mel- the Santa Claus is coming to town keeps coming in my head when we try to do that. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody's talking it. to the top of the show. <laughs> top of the show is coming. Come. Oh, yes. That's to good. Show. We'll do that at the Christmas episode because we'll definitely remember. Good. Well, All that's right. why we record everything we say. Yeah. Because it's hard to remember otherwise. Sure is. How, uh, this is Don't Be an Idiom. How's your weekend? Albert and Ryan here. Uh, we're coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Some, somebody asked me if we, uh, last night they were like, do you record the show live? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, so like people could like listen in as you're doing it. I was like, no, not like that. I mean like live, like we're, like we're, we're alive. We're live. And you know, we, we, we don't really do too many edits. So yeah, a couple, uh, you know, edits, but <laughs> oh. so no, yes. <laughs> we don't do it so, live. If what you mean by live is, you know, like live on air, then right. no, we're live right. off air. Right. But, but we try to keep know. it very, feeling very alive. alive. Right. Okay, good. It's All not right. super scripted. How's your week been? Week? It's, it's been fine. <laughs> okay. It's a little cold. I guess I've been... In the beginning of the week. I don't know. I don't know if I've really seen you all that much. Wait, didn't I see you? I mean, it seems yeah. like I just saw you yesterday, but I, I guess I didn't. You know, I see you every day, but I mean, sometimes from the first time I saw you to the next time I saw you, it feels like a very long time. I wonder when the last time we saw each other Wednesday. was. Wednesday. Wednesday? What were we getting together on Wednesday for? Uh, we had to go to John's house. That's why. That's why. That is. So we saw each other recently. recently. That's very nice. And By the way, I'm sure John is listening <clears throat> now because he knows we're back. So, hey, John. Yeah, we're back, everyone. Yeah, for uh, just ask any of your friends. Hey, did you think that "Don't Be an Idiot" is like over? Because it's not. And then they're gonna say like, "What's Don't Be an Idiot?" And then you can get us new listeners. That's a great way to get new listeners. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to go back to the Mahoning last night. We're big. Everyone knows from last season. We're big Mahoning fans. Sure, the Mahoning Drive-in theater. We'll stretch, stretch it, it out, out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I went to see uh, David Lynch's Eraserhead was playing at the drive-in, and it was awesome. Freezing. You know, yeah. the problem with the Mahoning is that it's like an hour and forty minutes from Philadelphia. So, and what's great about it is that you can camp there. But what's not great about it is you can't have a fire. So after the movie, you're kind of like, I'm not really ready for bed yet. <laughs> I but I guess I go I to guess bed because it's too cold. Yeah. I mean, camping and not being able to make a fire is the absolute worst way to camp. How about all this? There's so many states. I feel like that's like how Alex camps sometimes. When, I he's, back, see that. when he's backpacking, he's well, like, yeah. yeah, no no time for fire. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. But, you know, that's like he's adventuring. He's testing his yeah. physical limits. We're just drinking Rolling Rock and 
you know, eating Doritos. Right. So maybe the, the reason we're using camping is a little different. Right. We're soft camping. Soft. Moy soft. But All right. I, what was I going to say? Oh, I feel like we, uh, on our uh, road road trips, we, there's a lot of state and national parks where you can't have a fire sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of times. Because out west, the, right? Yeah, the, because of the, 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 what's it called? Smokey the Bear is like, nope, Smokey the bear. it's too risky today. I know. It's, and it's always too risky. Yeah, the, when you get out west in the summertime, yeah, there's it's always wildfire season. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, the fires. We had that nice one in uh, Joshua Tree, though, at the Skull. Remember oh, that? yes. It is dry out there. It is dry. How about this? There was a person on the radio last night talking about how when the 17-year cicadas come out this summer, yeah. which is this summer. There's a lot of talk, but I still have not seen it. I know. No. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of build up to this. Yeah. 17 years. I'm ready to bust. <laughs> Cicada bust. <laughs> um, so this, these people on the radio were really excited about it because they were like, yeah, you can eat them. Oh, good. And then they're That's like, what we're I waiting just for? can't wait to eat those things. <laughs> I'm imagining the guy with his mouth open, like right, <laughs> yeah. right near one of the cicada holes where they come out of their hibernation. <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs> Yeah, like, he just ate so many cica- fresh cicadas. I was thinking more like preparing them, like you know, to be like real food. No, he just sucks them in raw, <laughs> and then that's all he eats for seventeen years. You know, they say seventeen years. I feel like it's every few years the cicadas. Well, that's because it. what I learned on this program last night is that there's also annual cicadas. Oh, yeah. What's and the difference? Well, that's the thing. And they're very different, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, maybe come up with a new name. And there's these things called cicada wasps mm-hmm. that come out to eat the cicadas or whatever. Oh, and they're, they're a special kind of wasp. Yeah. They don't look like cicadas. No, no. They're like, they're. I guess their non-technical name is like the cicada wasp, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. And the people were like, what's going to happen? What, what about the cicada wasp? And the guy was like, oh... I, I'll tell you this, the uh, cicadas will be uh, out and done and, and, and gone before those cicada wasps even uh, get themselves organized. And I'm like, organized? Wait, so the cicada wasps never catch a cicada? Like, how can they survive? Uh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's like God creating like a cartoon animal pair. And it's like constantly chase it. Like it's like the coyote in the ra- roadway never road gets them. Yeah. Why are they called cicada wasps? They never. They just let. They, they know must, that they, they must get some. No, they know that the wasps enjoy, would enjoy cicadas if they had the chance to right. sink, sink their teeth. Yeah. The, the scientists are just looking at. They're like, those two look like they they're doing something. It seems like if that wasp could eat that <laughs> cicada, would really like it. Let's call them cicada wasps. Yeah. 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 It does. Oh. It does sound like that. <laughs> Look like I said, looks like it. <laughs> Interesting science, you know. We should probably cut all that. I, I, I that was pretty, pretty good. We should cut all that. <clears throat> Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. You have a problem with etymology. Do I now? <laughs> in Do you? Is a question. In what way? <laughs> Do you? Is etymology the study of insects? Etymology was the study of how words develop. Oh, yeah. Right? We always use etymology. Yeah, yeah we use it every episode. Yeah, what is it called, the study of uh, insects? 
etymology. <laughs> we use that every episode. Right. For some yeah. reason it was in my head. I was like, yeah, an etymologist. Etymologist. What the hell is that called when you study bugs? They suck wasps. Um, it's called a uh, well, botany is plant. What's the what's it's the rhyme? Bot- botany is plants, plants and sex has ants. Botany is plants, and I pull up my pants. Etymology is words. Ti- now here it comes the third. It says insectologist. This is crazy. Entomology. En- en- oh, you're good. Oh, that's what I was entomology. thinking. Entomology. Entomology. What's the etymology of entomology? Call in. Call now. If if you know. Apparently, E.O. Wilson's a pretty big entomologist. Is he? Yeah. Lots of people with the last name Wilson just go by the first two initials. Was this guy's name Dave Ghouls? Oh, Goosog. <laughs> Goosog? Oh, Goosog. I got too many... You ever know when you get a little stuff on your screen and then you yeah. never clean it because you're like, I hate this old computer? No, I clean it. You clean it? <laughs> no, I don't clean it. No, I can't. I Dave can't bring Goulsong? Myself. Dave Goulsong. Son. Goulson. Goulswan. <laughs> there he is. Dave Goulswan. He's beautiful. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he looks pe- he looks like he's at peace. He's at and peace. And probably radiates peace. Whoa. That's why um that's why bugs like him so much. Right. They're just like And that's how he gets so many free mouthfuls of cicadas. Cicadas. I thought you were gonna say honey. Well, you know, maybe if he leaves them in there long enough, they'll jazz out some honey for him. Alright, well the ghoul swan of the insect world. Johnny Boy, Johnny Boy, uh, Dave Goulson. Dave Goulson. Let's hear it for him, people. Let's, uh, we'll reach out to him, see what he has to say. Well, that was just great. Yeah, I think that so. was riveting banter. <laughs> it's very engaging for me. Me too. I was really interested in what he had to say. Right. You have a game? Yes, it's time to get started. Yes, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Yeah, what's the game? All right, tonight? so we've got a game here. It's All right, called... here at Don't Be Here. <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, um, here so at Don't Be an Idiom. Any new listeners to Don't Be an Idiom who haven't turned off the episode yet, um, this is the point in the show where we play a game to determine who goes next, who goes first. first. Right, not next. No one started. I mean, it'll also be next after the the game. Next after the game. Yeah, yeah. So what we're gonna do is we got a game here called. Kismet. The game man has brought a new game. I'm two to in the a table. row. One more, and I'm back to game master. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, Kismet, the fast action of dice and the strategy of poker. That's okay. what I'm talking about, baby. So it's got the dice. You kind of have to use poker hands, poker skills, poker skills. And uh, what's the deal? We we shake up. It the looks di- like we Yahtzee. shake up the dice. It looks exactly like Yahtzee. We th- we we put them on the the table yeah. and. And then if it, if you know, yeah, you, can you get can, three of a kind or a pair or a flush or a straight. Yeah, we're gonna pretend they're you know, like cards, depending on <clears> the <throat> yeah colors and numbers. And every time you're allowed to, you have to keep at least one die, uh, and then you know you get you can get like a max of five rolls. Yeah. So you want to go right. first? So we'll start. Let's start doing this, and we'll probably you know we'll fast forward this. Maybe. Okay. 
right? Oh, shit. Ooh, you could do two threes. You could go for a straight one, two, three. I'm not going to go straight. <laughs> Probably not. Is that another Friday? Yes. I am screwed. Unless now a full house wouldn't win either. You're first. (laughs) I got three tails. I'll tell you what, Al. I really thought this was going to be a game that you're going to win. It just seemed like something. Yeah. Where there's I, like poker hands and dice and stuff. Yeah, I thought I was going to win too. Anyway, with games like that, I really have to rack my brain to remember all of the there it is the directions. Rack the brain. Okay. So, okay. So okay. first idiom of the show. Rack my brain. Okay. Do you yeah. already know what this no, means? No, like, no, no, everything? no. God, okay. I wish. Then I could maybe come up with a decent guess. <laughs> uh Rack so what does brain. it mean? So that's just like when you're um, you're trying to get your thoughts in order or you're just trying to think out a problem? Yeah, to think very hard in order to try to remember something or solve a problem. Okay. But I guess we just use it as like to think hard, right? I'm racking my brain, racking my brain. but... Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, all right, so why don't you guess the origin of this, this idiom? Okay. Any idea where it might come from? Yeah. Okay. So... If you've listened to this show, you know I can't guess time periods. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say, when were they doing, you know, torture chamber stuff in the castles? Um, well, like, I'm thinking like the Spanish Inquisition, like, right? Yeah, yeah. When's that about? Uh, like pre-1700s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 1600s. I'm guessing stuff. in that zone. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And fade in. Yeah. I'm fa- All right. To... Um, well, it's the it's the torture chamber. Yeah, and but it's called. There are like, screams. It's called yeah. Screams. It is dark. Yeah, there's dripping water in the corner. Yeah. but then you see like the sign, and it's just like it's like Barry's discount torture chambers, right? <laughs> this is uh, and, and then you hear this is a little wild the canned laughter. <laughs> so it's like a, a sixteen like a what is it seventeenth century yeah. uh, like you know sitcom. Yeah, yeah, but no, no. I'm kidding, people. That would just—that's just how I'm introducing the thing. No, I love yeah. it. But I'm thinking so. There is a torch. I've got Barry. your guillotine here. <laughs> I've got your thingamabobber here. Half price. Half price. Half guillotine. price for a half the neck. No, <laughs> but you got to do better, Barry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so there is this. There's this. What the executioner? Yeah. Right, and he is bored because mm-hmm. after a while you know when he first started he would get squeamish and he you know it was, it was all very intense being yeah, a, sure an executioner but like anything else um like you know, even nurses and doctors mm-hmm. and stuff like that they're pulling people's guts out and then they're like another day another yeah right uh so same same for him and he was at a poetry reading okay one night sure and he's having like a little glass of wine and he's just wow like, and this is the executioner doing this yeah he's just like, he just look they're lonely guys in general right you know um unless you get like a real freak in town like, yeah. like a witchy the witchy girls kind of okay. like the right. executioner. anyway so he's there he's feeling a little like dejected and there's a, a poet up on stage and, and they're reading this passionate passionate love poem right yeah and 
and and Barry's just sitting there and he's having these flashbacks to when he first started killing and you know he's chopping heads off and then he's like sometimes he's vomiting and then he's just <laughs> like you know a tear falls from his eyes yeah, he yeah. stands up and he's yeah. like that's it I'm taking my life back so he goes down to the torture chamber oh and they, there's a guy there on the rack and he's look Barry's looking at him and he's like how are you feeling there buddy and he's like terrible and he's like yeah but not not terrible enough so he's like this is it. We're gonna rack the brain. So he, he takes, he ca- carefully removes yeah. the skull because he wants the guy to stay alive because otherwise it's not torture. Yeah, right. And then he creates a tiny rack. Yeah. Uh, to, Just for the to brain. To attach to the brain. Wow. And then slight, like little tiny little screws. Yeah. Screwing it. And now how do you feel? And that was, and you know. And he's dead. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. And the executioner had to think about what to do. Oh, he had to go back. And then rack. I mean, like that, without that. Yes, I think this, the first instance of racking the brain actually was more of like an inspirational kind of uh, jump starting of the thought process of, you know what I mean? But like, you know, over time, uh, in entomology, it will uh, change. (laughs) Right. So. Wow. Uh,. That's kind of right. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's kind of right. <laughs> what, the, what are you talking about? It's a very close guess. Are you kidding me? No. It actually has something to do with the rack. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! I, I was trying to be funny, and I was like, "It's not even that funny." But yeah, that's uh, you, you got it. Um, so the, you're fucking with me. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> so the word rack comes from an old English word "reckon," which meant to stretch out. Okay. So yeah, like the rack, yeah. So then, yeah, like in the, you know, whatever I mean, this is this is a torture device that's existed forever is the rack. Right. So it makes sense that the rack meant to stretch out because and and why the torture chamber was called a torture device was called rack because it also stretched out your body parts. Right. Right. So I'll just for, for the people that don't know um, basically, it was like this rectangular thing. It was like a frame, and it was raised up from the ground. And your your wrists would be chained to one side, and then your ankles to the other. And then there were just these cranks, and they could just keep on cranking and stretching you. And um, this is exactly where racking the your brain came from. Oh, was the the torture device shoot, the rack? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that was my gamble, was whether you knew what a rack was. Oh, come on. I, and you know what? Anybody out there who doesn't know what a rack is, they're lying. But, they know the rack. So then maybe it's pretty obvious that rack your brain no, means to I would have the never, torture device your brain. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I was also thinking like, you know, like a pool hall. You're racking the pool balls. Racking the know? balls. Yeah. But right. No, I mean, but listen, if you don't know what a rack is, go, go to... Um, the Renaissance Fair this year. Mm. I'll tell you what, Renaissance Fair, it's nerdy, but it is fun. You get yeah. the sunset special. You go late in the day, you get like half off. And there, you got to pay $2 extra for the torture chamber. Yeah. Because I guess they don't want like kids in there, whatever. Right. Or, well, no, they just want more money. Right. And that is worth it. They got some really good ones, and I think they have the rack. Wow. Okay. So you've, you've witnessed this in action. I've seen the Iron Maiden. Oh, that's cool. That There's cool. so many good torture devices. Yeah. You know, I say that, but I'm really happy that we don't. Oh, my God. Can not, you imagine? We're not like, uh, 
using those. Yeah, using them anymore. Thumb screws always, always really mess with. Like they're just these little torture devices. Yeah, one of my one of my earliest memories was my parents took me and my sister to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Yeah, in a it was like in Canada in Toronto or something. Wow. And or maybe it was Ripley's Believe It. Did I say Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. Yes. So in the basement was a Spanish Inquisition torture chamber, but it was like cool. all wax figurines. Awesome. And they had this this like really creepy droney soundtrack and like screams and it was all like reverb and I was just <laughs> strobes holding on to my dad. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and then I, I remember seeing someone with the thumb screws and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> we sell them in the gift shop. <laughs> Nine ninety nine. <laughs> Wait, is this a haunted? I think it's a torture chamber. What's going on here? Torture chambers are spooky, and so are ghosts. <laughs> yes, you see the connection. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And then, um, and I was like terrified. <laughs> For some reason, like the the this the, the fear lasted many years, but the, I wasn't in the torture chamber anymore, and it wasn't real to begin with. Maybe that's what's going on with you all the time when you want to drive off the bridge. <laughs> I just can't take the memory of those <laughs> the wax torture chamber guys. I I just I love that because I could just see your dad like you like cowering around his leg, and he'd be like, "This don't even act like this is gonna get you out of mowing the lawn, boy." <laughs> Boy, you'll feel better when you mow the lawn. I'm allergic to grass. <laughs> Turns the light off. Uh, anyway, um, so I am just, I can't believe I guessed right, but so. Yeah, what okay. I, oh, by it, the way, I have to say this about the rack. Yeah. I feel like uh, at the early stages of the rack, it would feel good. You know, get all straightened out and aligned. Yeah. I feel like I just need so, that right now. Yeah, just so everyone knows, maybe, you know, either it. it Maybe English is a second language. You've not heard the word rack. You have a different name for it. Um, or you just, you've just not been to enough torture chambers. But, you know, you've seen it in movies where they're like... Cartoons? Yeah, even cartoons where your your arms are getting pulled above you. Your legs are getting pulled. And uh, so you're, 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 all of your joints and your muscles and your bones are just slowly snapping and yeah. Yeah. getting ripped out of the sockets. And it was just to like, they just wanted a confession out of you. But usually anyone that was on the rack would confess within moments because it was so painful. Yeah. But then they kill you after you confess, right? Usually, yeah. Now, but do they kill you? Do they stop and give you a merciful death? Or do they, you know, because, or do they keep a lot of killing the, you by the torture? A lot of the uh, examples that I read about, they would get put on the rack, they would confess, and then later they would be executed. Oh, that's so, brutal. Yeah, that's what's brutal because they would probably just be like they wouldn't because if you're you know your usually your muscles would rip and then yeah. you had you could not use your muscles anymore. <laughs> so like you would just be a, like a lump. <laughs> you imagine what you would like be like. All right, let's go, rack boy. Time for your sentencing. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> like seriously. Uh, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I don't know. You like a, like a squid or something. I don't know. It wouldn't look good, and uh, but so yeah, it, it wouldn't. It, usually, it wouldn't kill you. It just like destroyed your body, and then they would execute you later. You know, I bet the rack gets to a point where you get there's the um, they're waiting for a pop. They're wait right. There's so many pops. Doesn't it seem like you're just like eh, 
yeah, there's there's so many popping noises and the snapping of the cartilage and it's a uh, it's yeah, that's uh, really something. It's quite the soundtrack, I'm sure. Well, I'm going to focus on uh, three different geographical locations and then give you some examples of some some uh, famous, uh, either famous racks or famous... Famous racks. <laughs> Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> or a famous, you know... She's got a new movie coming out. I saw that. She looks good. Thank you. <laughs> so the first appearance in... Uh, well, we'll start with ancient Greece. So... No one knows how long the rack has been around, but there's evidence that it was being used at least as far back as like the 400s in the um, in ancient Greece. Hmm. So, uh, but they don't know if it, it started there or not. You know, it, it makes sense that it would be around long enough because you just like look, you're like look at a body, you're like, well, those parts are skinnier. We'll pull, just pull those, and I'll <laughs> yeah, pull but, on those. <laughs> yeah, there was probably a point in history where just two guys would, you know, what. <laughs> <laughs> They were just like, like a tug of war. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, get his legs. I'll get his arms and we'll just keep pulling until he's dead. Right. There's no way that didn't cross <clears throat> someone's mind at some point. I can't believe we never tried pulling Ugh. each other's arms and legs. That would probably feel good for a moment. That's what I mean. Yeah. First, it would feel good. Yeah. Then someone just would kept take going. it too far. Uh, there was a, a, there's one very famous example from the 4th century B- BC. It, this, this guy named uh, Herostratus. Herostratus. Mm-hmm. And he was put on the rack to confess, um, or forced to confess, that he burnt down the temple of Artemis in Ephesus. It was one of the yeah. seven ancient wonders of the world. Whoa! Seven wonders of the ancient world. And oh, he, do they have different seven wonders of the world and seven wonders of the ancient yeah, world? Well, I looked up the list for the seven wonders of the ancient world, and, and seven of them don't even exist anymore. So all seven? Well, the, like the Great Pyramid of Giza still, like that is one of the ancient mm-hmm. wonders, but the other seven have been destroyed or lost to time. But isn't there only seven? Yeah, but there's like, you know, like, like se- you, seven, if you look at the seven wonders of the world. There's more than seven. It's, yeah, it's like. Well, because people always other, like the eighth like, wonder is, of the world. Yeah, and th- I think that that's kind of like a idiot. Idiom it a, does seem like it is. Well, maybe not. But like people will just if they build a new building, they'll call it the eighth one of the world for just for like promotion and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But the like the the current seven wonders of the world are not the ancient seven wonders of the world. Huh. It's a different list, except for the pyramids. I wonder if they would have left the seven ancients if they didn't get destroyed. Probably not. They would have still done seven new ones. Oh, oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. Well, like uh, the like, uh, you know, are you gonna t- say all seven? Because I really, I'd always forget what they are. Well, I, I don't, even, I'm not sure you would recognize a bunch of these. Oh, okay, because just because I'm from Audubon, <laughs> no, I didn't even recognize <laughs> a bunch of them. So there's the pyramid, uh-huh. the the hanging gardens of Babylon. I've heard of that. All right, well, that no one I even don't knows know if anything it, about. No them. one even knows if it existed or not, for sure. The Temple of Artemis that this guy burnt down nope. and got racked for. The statue of Zeus at Olympia. Nope. <laughs> the mausoleum at Hel- Halicarnassus. The Colossus of Rhodes. Well, that was the statue of um, that was the statue of Colossus outside of um, the Colosseum in Rome. Oh. There used to be. That's why it's called the Colosseum because it was right next to this giant statue of Colossus. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, and then I think Nero like made made it so that it was his head on there. That's funny. 
We like, he's like, well, chop that, that head off and put mine on there. The Lighthouse of Alexandria. Ooh. So these are the seven ancient, ancient wonders. Well, wow. seven wonders of the ancient world. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know what any of those are. No, me neither. And most people are like, well, we, we guess this exists. Existed at one point. Oh, right. Are there s- sketches? Um, no, it's probably writings. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's some sketches. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sketch something. <laughs> So Herostratus, the 4th century Greek arsonist, supposedly he wanted to be famous, like his legacy for his name to exist forever. So he wanted to do something grand. So he burnt down this temple. Oh, like the guy that shot a uh, fucking the beetle. John, exactly. John Lovitz. <laughs> John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to say his name on air. Because I can't remember. Not, no, it's not because I can't remember, but it's because uh, we're not going to give, let him win. We're not going to let him win. No. Yeah. But I also. But we'll let this guy have it. I also do forget his name. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah, that's, and that's it. And um, there's also, you know. So he did it. Well. He got famous. Some historic. He got famous, but then some... His, like, Sounds like an alleged burn down. Doesn't, doesn't sound like they really knew. Some current historians are like, if he wanted to be famous for burning down the temple, why did he Why did it, didn't he not confess until he was on the rack? Maybe he's one of those freaks. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get on I the rack. Boing. Um, the first appearance in England was 1447, uh-huh. and it was used in the Tower of London. And so the guy that was in charge of the rack in the Tower of London, his name was John Holland, the second Duke of Exeter, and the rack had a nickname, the Duke of Exeter's Daughter. Cool. That's what they called the rack back then. Wow. That's cool. One famous Brit who was uh, supposedly racked is Guy Fox. Like Guy Fox Day? Yeah, exactly. What's his deal? Remember, remember the 5th of November. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He was part of the gunpowder plot. Yeah. He he was going to like, there was like barrels and barrels of gunpowder under uh, Parliament in London. Uh Uh-huh. And he was going to blow it up. Sweet. Oh yeah, that's what, so that's like, what V for yeah, Vendetta. So like, like, yeah, okay. V for Vendetta. Um so yeah, once once he was captured, he was uh it was demanded that he be uh exposed to lesser tortures and then the rack if he would not admit all the things that he was uh doing. Oh, uh, so he admitted on the rack? Mm-hmm. Oh, but he got through the lesser well, torture. They don't know. They just uh, the only thing they know for sure is that there was like, hey, you can put him on the rack to see what's up. So he didn't burn it down. Like he didn't, it, it didn't work. It didn't no. work. And he still got killed. Yes. But people love him. Cause he's like, cause he's like anti-government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Cool. Cool. By the way, I saw a guy walking down the street today and his shirt said, Joe Biden sucks. And I was like, Jesus man. <laughs> like that's, it's kind of funny, but what a shame, right? What a shame. He's such a nice old man. He does seem like such a nice old man with papery skin. Um, you're getting very political. I know I shouldn't talk about people I see on the street. <laughs> so political. Well, we're pro Joe here. There's no doubt about that. Pro Joe. We're not gonna we're not gonna act like we're you know down walking the party line here. We're not walking the party line. No, we don't even know where it is. I have an idea. <laughs> it's 
Trump's butt crack. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the line. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, and then the last geographical place I was going to mention was Russia, because uh, they used something like the rack until the 18th century, and uh, it was it was called the um, well in in Russia it was called the like a diba, but it's also the strapata where your arms would be tied behind your back, and then yeah. they would lift you from your wrists. Oh my god! So your shoulders. Would oh my god! Break. Can you imagine how painful that would be? And the Nazis ah. used it in concentration camps. They would just put people up like that for a half hour at a time in certain camps. Jeez. Again, that's another, that's a yoga type move. Sure, you but you're not getting pulled no, I know, up in I know, the air. I, I've imagined maybe someone giving me a little Ooh, you nudge little... and be like, ah, oh, that would help. Yeah. Because, you know, the posture. It's, it's very just difficult. Kill, it just kills me. It's very difficult. But that would be too much. Yeah. Um, you ever just want a whole new body? Every like single one day. that's not hasn't slept on its side for thirty eight years and is all hunched in like yeah. a like a caved in. Yeah, I'd baby. yeah, I'd love a new body. Yeah, I'll take Walt D- Disney's frozen body that's somewhere <laughs> in this separate yeah, room from his frozen he's, head. How he's looking? <laughs> I don't know. Funky. How old was he when he got frozen? I don't know, like one hundred and five. That that body is gonna not feel so good, I don't think. No, <laughs> but it'll be rich. A rich, horrible body. All right, so I'm I'm almost done here, and uh, oh, thank God. Sorry, <laughs> but it's uh, the, this is great. So I love this. Show. Rack your brain has been used as a phrase since at least the 1600s. Um, so no one ever actually racked the brain, though. No, that's there, all me. Yeah, that was all you. All right, but you got the you know you got the setting right. Wow. Shakespeare said, how have the hours racked and tortured me since I have lost thee from Twelfth Night? So he's using racked there, you know, figuratively. Right. But then in 1680, that's the first time we see brains being racked. They rack their brains. They hazard their lives for it from some, what I imagine is some boring text called Sermons by William Beveridge in 1680. With a name like Sermons, it's got to be boring. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I was going to say was, uh, we've, we've talked about torture devices on this show before. And so I was just looking for, I just wanted to find one other good one. And it, it, this one came up, which you've probably heard of cause you're pretty knowledgeable with this stuff. The brazen bull. A brazen bull? Bull. Like a bull, like a, you know. Oh, a bull. Yeah. I, I don't, the I animal. don't know. Tell me about it. So the, <laughs> there's, there's like a lot of like renaissance paintings where this you can actually see this so that's uh-huh. why the, some people think it must have been real but there's no evidence of any of them they've just been mentioned in text and stuff oh so it was this it was a, a hollow brass bull statue uh-huh life size so the size of a real bull yeah and uh apparently like they they would you could like take a prisoner or someone that you are accusing of something. You put them in that uh-huh. and then you light a fire underneath. Oh the my God of the bull. And another thing is that there was a, um, the way that it was designed, the head of the bull was like a system of tubes and stops. So as the prisoner was screaming, it would kind of convert it into sounds. It sounded like an infuriated bull. So basically, they turned the oh nostrils God. into speakers, 
like these natural speakers. Wow. So you just like the, the sound of the person screaming inside would sound really strange. Could you imagine the guys making that thing and they're like, they're in there and they're like, ding, ding, ding. How's this sound? <laughs> it's off. <laughs> yeah. It's a little off. I, I mean, but like, but even the jokes aside, like someone is making this and designing it to be extra horrifying. That's like, that's like souping up a car or something. They'd be like, yeah, we're going to put these little LEDs in the, uh, yeah. in the lights to make it look extra cool. Right. There's no Like purpose. there's no need for that speaker nose. Right. But it is cool. It's a very dramatic image. Apparently the, uh, the guy who created it, the brazen bull yeah. was sentenced to death in it. Wow, really? Yeah, later. That's ironic. <laughs> he was probably like, oh, shit. That is tragic. Because <laughs> that's the only reason they make, create the Brazen Bulls, because you're like, well, they'll never. I, they, I won't they have They love me. Yeah. I made them the Brazen Bull. That's fucked. So you got anyway. that guy's name? Uh, no, it's, it's some, some old Greek name. Somebody should do a day about him. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah. Poor bastard day. <laughs> But he did, he, like, he had told some other guy about it and was like, you know, if someone you hate, you just put them in there. It makes the most haunting, beautiful sounds. Like he like, he was like all into it. Here, let me show you. (laughs) So, you know, fuck that guy too. Well, oh yes. That's the thing. Even, even feeling bad for him, you know, you don't really feel bad for him. No, 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 no. So that's a good day. For, that's that's a perfect day to celebrate because it makes you think. It makes you think. It's a thinker. It's it a makes thinker. you rack your brain. Perfect. All right. So next time you say rack your brain, just think of the torture device from antiquity and from the Tower of London. And uh, blot a London. Blot a London. <laughs> anyway, that's the way the cookie crumbles. We'll be right back. Right. Right back. Back from the rack. Right back. With back from the rack, boys. Baby back racks. Baby back racks. Okay, welcome back. Jack. You know, usually we play songs in between our two idioms that uh, the songs are are idiom titles, right? This time. But this time, the band is the idiom. Yeah. I want to choose You just listened to I Fell in Love with the Living Dead by the Shanghais. The and Shanghai's. the drummer, the Shanghai's, the drummer is our number one fan, Alyssa. She's out there in California, just drumming she's up. She's got a band in the sun. So this is awesome. What what does this what does to Shanghai mean? 
Oh. So Shanghai is an idiom. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and it means to force someone to join a ship that's lacking a full crew uh, by drugging them or using other underhanded means. Dude, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's what that meant. Yeah. Um, I think because the boats, they were like, we're going to Shanghai kind of thing. Huh. Interesting. Or at least like the people on the docks were like, that's going to Shanghai. Huh. We should probably look up the origin of this one day. Yeah, yeah, because the idiom means to coerce or trick. Huh. Yeah. So make sure you go check them out if you're in the mood for some West Coast punk feel-gooderies. Yeah, and thanks again, Alyssa. All right, my what's, turn. What's your idiom? Uh, I actually forget. Oh, yeah. So, I think, Ryan, that you've been playing... A little fast and loose with your, um, you know, your outfit with my what? choices. My outfit choices are fast and loose. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, you can't say that. Oh, I'm saying it, baby. Fast and loose. Yeah. Wow. That, and that that's an uh yeah I guess that's an idiom, huh? It definitely is an idiom, and it has a specific origin. Yes. Can't imagine. Um. Great. So fast and loose means it means doesn't it mean like easy and outgoing, like sexually easy? You know, you're thinking of loose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like loose women. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of that. Yeah. Fast and loose mean. Oh, maybe I don't know what fast and loose means. Yeah. So it like usually you say to play fast and like you're playing fast and loose. At, yeah. At this oh, does game. it mean? Does it mean risky? No, actually. Yeah. Okay, you know, actually, you know what? I, I know. actually used to think it meant risky. Yeah. That's why I thought fast and loose was meant. Hmm. So sounds what, like sounds risky, right? Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, it is risky. Once you learn what the idiom is, it is risky. But right, it, well, what's the definition? It means to behave in a clever and dishonest way. Really? Yes. Dude, I was not. Yes. I don't think I've ever read that correctly. Then imagine this: a married man. Three kids, but you know, he has this woman that he uh, works with. There's a lot of sexual tension. Oh. And then there's like an after, you know, after work mixer sort of thing. Sure. Have a couple too many. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden, you know, like things happen. People are human beings, they have and, urges. And this is an example of fast and loose. Well, you know. His dad, like after he finds out what he does, he's like, you know, son, you're playing, you're playing it a little fast and loose. Oh, okay. You know, because your relationship, you're messing with it. Right. But didn't right. you say that fast and loose means dishonest to behave in a clever, in a clever way. and dishonest way? Yeah, I think okay. an affair is like one of the most yeah clever, dishonest kind of things that people do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So no, I, that yes, make sense. yes, that I was mean, a great example about other things. Okay. Like you'd be, you're playing it fast and loose with those eggs by leaving them out all day long. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny to tell somebody. Right. See, I'd rather use it in that way. Right. You know, it's I, a that's, less serious. See, that's risky. Yeah. Again, I feel like fast, I feel like I still am not going to grab, after this whole episode's <laughs> over, I'm still going to think it means risky. Yeah. I, it, but it, it is risky having an affair. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Yeah. That's so, you know. Okay. All right. So, uh, Possible stock market, you could be fast and loose with okay, the stocks, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Dishonest but clever. <laughs> clever and dishonest. Clever yeah. and dishonest is fast and loose. Yeah. Oof. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, chihuahua. Hi, hi, chihuahua. 
we might be able to say hi, Chihuahua. Well, all right. Well, Hasn't that like entered into like a like a known expression for all? I Chihuahua. I Chihuahua. I don't know. We just can't do the accent. I Chihuahua. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. So immediately, fast and loose sounds like a like fifties lingo mm-hmm. to me, like nineteen mm-hmm. fifties America. Yes. You know lingo and. So what, I don't know, like for a specific origin from this, I'm imagining this, this guy who is like an Elvis impersonator, but in the fifties. Right. So, so Elvis, Elvis is, still... is, he, he's just starting to rise, you know, he's like the big, you know, he's the, the, the biggest actor that's out there. He you just know, played on Ed Sullivan, you know, I wonder, was there, were there Elvis impersonators when he was at the height of his well, probably not, right? Because there's not like I there's. I mean, I think I mean, we have there's because there's entertainers that are alive now that are that people. Yeah. Enter- but but maybe it started with Elvis. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm imagining that you know Elvis is super popular. A lot of musicians are like certainly emulating him, trying to be like him. Mm. But there's this one guy named um, named uh, Belvy who. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Belvis. Who, who liked to go, to go by Belvis. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um and uh and Belvis was like, "You know what? I look a little bit like Elvis Presley. <laughs> I bet I could sound a little bit like Elvis Presley." He's like, "You ain't nothing but a hound dog." And he's like, "I've got it, baby. What I'm going to do is I'm going to book shows all across America." Mm. As Elvis. Yeah. Sell them out, show up, play, never tell anyone that I'm actually Belvis, rake in some money. Yeah. Right? But he he knows that like he can't just like have a huge tour because it would be too popular. So he just would drive from state to state to state. He would call up a bar and be like, hey, uh, you know... um, I played in a, a, a nearby city last night. I can't do it. <laughs> you, know, you know the one that's right and down I, the road. I wanted to play uh, w- w- one more show before I head out of town. You know, for uh, my true blue fans. For my <laughs> true blue fans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, this is what he would do. Yeah, this is a hospital. <laughs> so it, it would be a last minute show at a theater, whatever, in the middle of Minnesota. And it, obviously it would be packed right. and he'd, he'd come out and be like, um... You ain't you ain't button but a bound bog. I'm Belvis Bresley. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think of one other Elvis. Song. <laughs> oh, right. Um, um, love me tender. Love me tender. Love me sweet. And then you know all the girls would go crazy. All the boys would go crazy. And uh, at the very end, he would play a tune. Called Fast and Loose. Oh. And be like, I'm going fast, I'm going loose. I'm going fast. Well, I think, I, I think we know what our loose. end of this show song is going to be. And everyone would be like, oh, this is an interesting song. This is a cool song, I guess. And like, it wasn't as good as an, a, a natural Elvis song, a real one. Right. But the artist assumed it was new. And then he'd be like, oh, thank you very much. And then he would be out of town, he would take his money and he would fucking run. Nice. And everyone would be in their head, he's like, Fire. and um, and then they would find out the next day 
they were duped. And Belvis's trick nice. was to always play one original at the end of every set, which was a song he wrote called, called Fast, Fast and, and Loose. <laughs> and, and Elvis found out about this. He was like, well, what's with this guy? <laughs> I think I like what he's doing here. <laughs> and so people were like, Fast and Loose. And then, you know, dishonest and clever. And there you go. And now you can, and still there's some top, you know, top, uh, like Elvis's <laughs> best essentials that sometimes the fast and loose song still sneaks in on there because it's so it so sounds like Mm -hmm. him it's really good yeah yeah well they're gonna hear it end of the show (laughs) is that gonna be our end of the show song how could it not be unless we get a better idea we could do another um, Emerald Emerald commercial by the way we didn't get much feedback on that Emerald chat what the hell we thought the emails would be pouring in. Oh, right. By the way, did we already say this? A mm. lot of people think we stopped podcasting. So if you have a friend, <laughs> just tell them, you know, don't be an idiot. I'm still going. Yeah. Just ignore Conan O'Brien's 20 other podcasts. Yeah. You come back to your, your old friends, Albert and Ryan. Yeah. Conan's got his other things. He's, he doesn't need this. No. Um. All right. So food. Footloose. No. Fast, fast, fast and, and loose. loose. Oh, by the way, I wanted to, when you were telling your Belvis story, I had this idea of how you were going to end it, and you didn't end it that way. So here's my alternative ending. Okay. So when Belvis was up there and yeah. he's doing everything, he really did sound and look pretty much like Elvis Presley, yeah. except he would do the moves slightly too fast and his clothes. He couldn't afford fine tailored oh. stuff, slightly too loose. So they would blow in the breeze like that. And then something, something, oh, idiom. Gets, you know, <laughs> that's you know. much better. No, no, yours is good. No, it's no, very yours good. is good. All right. So what's the real origin story for Fast okay. and Loose? So the real origin actually comes from one of my favorite things, carnival games. Hey. Yeah. Um, or gambling, whatever. Like both, but carnival games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or street gambling okay. kind of stuff. And it comes from the... Early 1500s, um, there was this game where they would take, usually it was loops of leather yeah. and a stick, and you would have these two loops that you had to choose from, and uh, if you help put, put a stick in one of the loops and pulled the string, it would hold fast. If you put it in the wrong hole, it, you'd pull it and it would come loose. Oh. So the game was called Fast and Loose. Oh my God. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the carnies knew how to rig it. Okay. Yeah. So you should never play fast and loose because the person knows how to make it impossible to win. How do they make it impossible? I'm going to show you because I brought my fast and loose chain because I've been practicing all week. I saw that on your wrist the other day. I was wondering. Yes. So I've been carrying it around because it's going to be my new shtick. Like if you're having a conversation and you're really bored, you want to to play a game. (laughs) Hey, you're boring. Do you want to play a game called fast and loose? Yeah. Also, this is this means now I am wearing games at all times. So I think maybe after only two episodes, I should be reinstated as the game master. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, I figured why don't we play around? Sure. And then uh, if it's too long, you can cut it. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna just get up and you can just yeah. Wow. Now, it didn't look any different than the last time, right? Now, people, I just experienced this. This was, was really incredible. Albert just took, you know, it was basically like a, like a necklace sort of looking thing, and he would sort of make a bow out of it, and you either had to put your finger on the left side or the right side, and um, if it got stuck on your finger, 
then you win. If it, if it just comes loose and, and you know, it doesn't get stuck in your yeah. finger, you lose. Yeah. So these guys, um, which they had a special name, let's see, I was looking up a bunch of, uh, you know, like grifter slang. So, uh, a sharper, you could be called a sharper. Sharpers were known for playing footloose. Yeah. No, fast and, fast loose. and loose, but it could also be any sort of confidence game like that. You oh, know, okay. like anything where you're, you, it's like a rigged game. Yeah. You know? So, the the cool thing about this game is that I sat there watching YouTube videos about how to play and it took a long time for me to be able to do it smoothly. Like you saw me doing it, it didn't really look like much, right? right. You're just kind of turning the chain over and whatever. But there's a subtle move, it's a subtle turn of the wrist that goes from playing the game straight where yeah. there, there can be a win and that's how you get in their head. You get the confidence going. Oh, okay. Um, what's really fun is when you play against two people and then you start pitting them again each, against each other. Yeah, uh, but you can control every everything uh, that happens. Yeah, you can do this thing where the, both of the thi both the fingers go, and then they have to like argue with each. other. Uh, it's great. I, like we'll play a we'll, we'll grift some people <laughs> okay. after this. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but there's a slight turn of the wrist, which that the setup looks the same. Everything you would have to be. I was watching closely because I wanted to learn how to do it. And it was so hard to see the difference. Yeah. Um, and in that slight turn, it makes both loops impossible. They'll both come loose. Really? And it looks exactly the same. Wow. So, um, that's really impressive. You know, you did a great job. Oh, thanks. You know, and it's really these guys, it was all about their personalities and building up people's confidence. So like these guys, these guys were characters, you know, yeah, they were really slinging jokes and you know, messing with your, you know, head and yeah. you know, making you feel like less of a man. And yeah, all yeah, that okay. Sort of stuff. Yes, so, all right. so that's it. This has a straightforward. I love um, that. Right? Yeah. And I love it because as the game master, I love the idea of reviving old games. Mm. So there you go, people, fast and loose. We're going to try to find a way to get you to play it. You Look know, out for Instagram. I would be so. What's that one? Remember that one grift uh, from. Shit, is it from means? Grifters? Maybe it's from Grifters with, with, the, with, with the beer. I and the love shot. that one. Yeah, can you explain that? Because yes. I love that. Yes. So, okay. Um, so the movie Grifters, it has... Um, John... John Cusack. Cusack, yeah. And uh, he's a grifter. He's a con man. He's sitting at a bar in one of the early scenes. And there's this guy sitting next to him. And he's like, hey, man... Um, I bet you, well, first of all, he grifts the bartender because he, he, he holds out a 20, he buys a beer and he holds out a 20 and then he turns around for a second, he real quick switches it for a 10 and then he gives him change for a 20. So well, he's yeah. just grifting right away, you know? Whoa. But then, uh, so he talks to the guy next to him and he says, hey man, I bet you that I can drink three full beers before you can drink three shots and winner pays for the other person's drinks. And the guy's like, are you kidding me? Deal. <laughs> so, so the guy, they, they, they pour out the beers, pour out the shots. The guy, he takes his first two shots. The only rule is it, you can't. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. The only rule is you can't touch each other's glasses. Right. You cannot touch the other person's thing. Right. Good. That, that, that's important. Yeah. So the guy shoots down his first two shots and he's looking at John Cusack and John Cusack is slowly sipping a beer and looking at this guy, right? And this guy's just waiting for him to make a move or something. So John Cusack finishes the beer, holds up his pint glass, looks at the guy and then puts his pint glass over top of the guy's last full shot. Genius. And the guy's looking at him and he's like, and John Cusack's like, can't touch my glass. 
and he just slowly drinks his three beers for the night. He already grifted the bartender. Yeah. That guy just drank. He just made money drinking. Yeah, that's amazing. It is amazing. Wow. I'd be so nervous though that the person would just be like looking at me like, meh, and just do the three shots real quick. Well, you know. You're banking on them being too Because they, they want to see what's going something. on. Yeah. yeah. So I thought about that too. And I think the idea is as long as you don't need this grift to work, because what what you buy? You buy three beers and three yeah. shots. It would be annoying to yeah, lose. Right. Um, now, so my question to you is going to be like, how willing or bold would you be to do this grift at a bar? So I would actually be. If you met someone. You're like, hey, I'll, I, I bet you a beer best out of like three or something. For me, I think that it's all about. Um, I'm just not good when I have like pressure on me. I feel like I can't think (laughs) or do anything. Yeah. But I would say ultimately, I would almost guarantee I could get the beer because what you, you know, what you do is like, you just have to, you have to let them feel like they can figure it out for a second. And then the moment that you go, you have to say, okay, now here's the real, like, let's do it. Double or nothing, all or nothing. Like you gotta, you just gotta save that one last thing because they can't resist. You can't resist that big no payday. Can, yeah. And then I and I rig the last flip and then it's over. I like I they just cannot win, which is even knowing the trick is so frustrating <laughs> to know that you cannot win. Yeah. <laughs> so I love oh. it. It's simple and mm-hmm. it's just it's just magical. I love it. Great. So thanks. So um if you see me on the street, let's play uh fast and loose. Uh, I got a couple things here. You know, the first time that it was showed up in figurative language was in Toddles Miscellany, uh, 1557. And this is the quote. I couldn't find it more. What, 15? 1557. Oh my God. I didn't realize it, was, it had been around that long. Well, I said it started in the early, the game was in the early 1500s. Oh, I missed that. Stay wow. focused. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. So um, this is the, this is the, what the guy wrote. I tried finding like a, it seems like there's something missing here, but yeah. the, all the quotes were the same here. It's a, uh, of a new married student that played fast and loose. Hmm. Of a new married student. And it's got some old-timey spelling. Hmm. Looks like student. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that that's implying that maybe the guy's you know, he's a young guy, married, and he's still yeah. a little fun on the side. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> fun on the side. Uh, the other thing that, you know who loved this? Who? Freaking Shakespeare. Oh, uh, he... Dude, two Shakespeare references. I was going to say that when you, yeah. So, what's which one's yours? Yours from? Well, so the first one that I found for Shakespeare was in King John. Mm. Um, right? Is that is that King a, John? King John is the person who said it. No, King John, fifteen ninety five. All right. And the quote is, "Heaven knows they were besmeared and st- and overstained with slaughter's pencil, where revenge did paint the fearful difference of." incense kings and shall these hands so lately purged of blood so newly joined in love so strong in both unyoke the seizure and this kind regret play fast and loose with faith so jest with heaven there i know i'm taking play lessons and and uh he also used it again in anthony and cleopatra Mm -hmm. in uh and in love labors lost he used this in three different plays he loved that phrase. Yeah, he loved that phrase. And so there was actually a movie uh, called Fast and Loose in 1939. It was a thriller. And there was these two uh, rare booksellers, and they try to solve a murder that hinges on a missing scrap of a William Shakespeare manuscript. Whoa. And I'm just like, 
okay, somebody here is yeah. really like, he knows what's up with like the literature and the idioms and whatever. And it's like, he connected that like Shakespeare really loves Fast and Loose. So I'm going to make a movie. Isn't that weird? Yes. I was going to watch it. It is weird. I was going to, I watched the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was, was enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see how boring this is going to be. Yeah. It's just, you know, some of those old timey movies, like mm. they just don't know how to yeah. keep the foot on the gas. I guess. You want I a lot of, you want a lot of CGI, want gas, 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 right? Yeah. You want the CGI, the big score. I want Avatar 3 now. <laughs> anyway, I got some fun facts. So what I thought I would talk about is just a couple more of those, you know, like Carney, Grifter, Slang yeah. sort of stuff. So we already said a sharper. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that would be like playing the game or other confidence games. Uh, that game, Fast and Loose, also had other titles in like depending on where you're at so we had a pricking the garter the strap the old army game the australian belt and pricking at the belt those are all synonyms for the fast and loose yeah game? yeah they're oh, all cool. like pretty much the same thing nice one's from australia i like the australian one so we have the term confidence game i've said that a couple of times today so that's a uh, an attempt to defraud a person or group after first gaining their trust mm-hmm. that's how that's done then you get this one i never heard of before called a shill so a shill is an accomplice of a hawker. So like, you know, let's say you're like the, a plant. Yeah, an yeah, yeah. And so he will, uh, yeah, act enthusiastic, be like a customer to entice. This is a really great game. I just won one dollar. <laughs> and that was a lot back then. <laughs> I mean, now. <laughs> and it's in Britain. So, no, not oh, dollars. It's, Britain. it's a pound. It's a roll and pound. It's a roll and jolly good pound. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> Raleigh, Jolly, good pound. Gypsies also played this game. Uh, yeah, well, they're the ultimate grifters, aren't they? Yes. And I said this earlier, but I don't know if I was off mic. They sometimes use belts, garters, uh, loops of string, and then eventually got to kind of more like jewelry and chains were easy to use. This mm-hmm. is what I'm using. Big old slugs. Yep. And everybody probably knows this, this term. Uh, a mark is the target. Yeah, yeah. You know, person that you're trying to swindle but i was looking through my uh rogues lexicon today and uh, this is a bunch of you know terms that pr- like you usually like you know R- raf scallions use and it's like secret oh, secret language cool. stuff you know it's a lot of cockney and all oh. that sort of stuff you know is that for british for, for british citizens there uh what right here yeah, like that book. Like, was that you? Is this that like an book, old book? Or? This book was compiled by police officers that would. No way, really? They, they would, um, you know, basically learn the language of these, the criminals. And then they would compile it. That so, rules. Because they, they use this, this language so that you didn't know what the hell anyone was talking right, about. Right, yeah. You know? So, I. This this morning I had this idea. They had a like I looked up confidence man in mm-hmm. here and they had this great, great long description. It's very poetic. And now that I'm looking at it, I think it might be a little much. So I'm gonna just read one uh one small part of it. Okay. Uh let's see. Okay. So this is this is from the Rogue's Lexicon. The confidence man is perfectly aware that he has to deal with a man who expects a result without having worked for it who gapes and stands ready to grasp at magnificent returns. The consequence is that the victim, the confiding man, is always done. The one plays a sure game. His sagacity has taught him that the great study of the mass of mankind is to get something and give nothing. 
But as this, ha- as this is bad doctrine, he wakes up out of his brown study and finds himself, in lieu of his fine expectations, in possession of a turnip for a watch, a cigar box in place of a casket. The confidence man always carries the trump card, and whoever wishes to be victimized can secure his object by making a flat of himself in a small way while attempting to victimize somebody else. Oh my. I just really like such rich language. I really liked the um, turnip watch yeah. and the uh, cigar box coffin. Yeah. I just thought people needed to know that. Very vivid. I just think it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, you spend your whole life ripping someone off and you just like die sad and alone. Yeah. Right? That's really cool. Yeah. So and some, that's only some fancy that's pants only like a cop third of wrote it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Coaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so cool. I also found this this term unrelated, which was um, shooting stars. Shooting What's stars were thieves that would like rob a place and then not stick around. They like move off to another like another place. Whoa. Shooting stars. Oh, cool. Isn't that cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah say. Mm. So that is pretty much it. Okay. Although, cool. although I did find this one last thing that I thought was kind of fun. Cannibal corpse. You know him. Yes, I know Cannibal Corpse. So their lead singer. Featured in Ace Ventura. Exactly. Their lead singer has got a name, you know, like Cannibal something, you know? Cannibal Steve? It's like that. All right, here it is. Cannibal Corpse's George Corpse Grinder Fisher. <laughs> Donates toys that he wins from claw machines in the so in oh, the in really? the in the realm of um, carnival games. You know, yeah. I feel like the claw machine probably started there. Yeah, I love a good claw machine. This, love claw machines. So the singer of Cannibal Corpse donates. He, apparently, his Instagram is full of him with uh, all of these stuffed animals that he wins. He he like loves he loves claw machines and he that's insane. He says he doesn't cheat. He doesn't use any sort of like hacks or whatever. He yeah. just truly appreciates. <laughs> <laughs> that wow this guy loves the claw machine and he donates all of uh, the stuff animals and stuff that he wins but some of them are like as big as him and he's yeah. a big guy he, what a lovely man i know we should send him an email i think we should too wow what a note what a positive note to end yeah. on yeah so if you see cannibal corpse know Tell that we said thank you for your service to mankind Isn't that cute <laughs> So that's it. I think that is the way that the... No, that's a wrap. Well, that's a wrap. That means the ominous countdown has begun. Okay. And we got to get get moving. Don't forget to... Yeah, email us. Don't be in an email at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to Bandcamp. Yep, you can order postcards. You can order postcards. You can order our magnet. Yeah. Um... And don't forget to check out our Instagram. Did we already say that? Yeah, and, go. And don't all forget, the good pics. We need to know your so shirt size. We need to know your shirt size because we're gonna post the shirt design, and we need to know how many to order. Damn it! And until next time, don't, don't be an idiot. A little fast, a little loose A little fast, a little loose Gonna drive out to Vegas Wearing my blue suede shoes I'm a high-rolling hustler I didn't come here to lose 
the flow. Oh, come on, baby, you're blowing out of my hand. A little fast, a little loose. A little fast, a little loose. I keep on saying, guys, what's a poor boy to do? I need any luck to come and slap my caboose. When I lost my room key to the heartbreak hotel. What's that? Can't even get my toothbrush, and my breath stinks like hell. A little fast, a little loose, a little fast, a little loose. I gamble the shirt off my back and my rhinestone jumpsuit. And I'm coming back to Memphis in my birthday suit. All right, now, Belvis has left the building. I've told it to you straight up until this point. He has left the stage and out back with the police, and he has gone from the building. So, you know, just move along. <laughs> <laughs> 